This is episode number 156 of the Well-Fed Women podcast. Welcome to Well-Fed Women. I'm your co-host, Noelle Tarr, a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified personal trainer, and I'm joined by my bestie, Stephanie Ruper, author of the best-selling book, Sexy by Nature. On the show, we provide moderately abusing banter, authentic, unfiltered conversations relating to nutrition, fitness, mindset, and body image, and offer empowering advice for women from women. While you're listening, please keep in mind that the information on this podcast is intended to provide helpful and informative material and should not be used to diagnose or treat disease. We are so excited to have you here. So now let's have some fun. So Stephanie, Yo. last week mm-hmm. you had mentioned to us about mm-hmm. some changes in your life. Please tell uh-huh. us about these changes because I've been kind of wondering. And I have seen some posts on Facebook which have made me, you know, want to chat wonder. about this decision. Yes. I wonder, wonder. Yeah. So everybody, y'all will recall that uh, recently a audience member, somebody wrote in and asked about like whatever my travels. And I told you all about um, my like international romances and stuff like that, which was fun. Um, But amongst all of that, all of the little bits of connection and love and depth that I've been able to like scavenge in the wreckage that is male female relationships in the 21st century. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Amidst all of that, it is, I mean, it's mostly it's it's scavenged right like it's really slim pickings out there and it's hard and i just <sighs> the straw has broken my camel my camel <laughs> my camel can't stand up anymore oh the, camel and so i'm just like i'm furious there's a f- number of things that have in my life one thing is i'm furious i'm just done i'm so done i can't i can't i can't take it anymore and it's also, I have realized, like, it's just, it's such an emotional drain. Um, I also spent so much time over the holidays seeing all of these beautiful couples so happy. And I realized that, like, I could have prioritized that. Like, I could be prioritizing that. But I have always, always thought, like, I just, it, it was never a priority of mine. It was never something that really, like, compelled me that I needed to seek out for its sake. Like, like, you know, if it came, I always wanted it to come to me, but I wouldn't ever change my life. You know, I wouldn't discard my career for the sake of pursuing, you know, having a family life like Noelle does, which is really beautiful. And I'm glad I get to live through her. Um, but those things have happened. And it's um, I also have been gearing up for launching a new project that I am like feeling really committed to and I'm so excited and I as a result of all of that I feel for the first time in my life first time in my life like finding romantic love is vastly lower on my priority list than my career I did such a weird thing because I always thought that that was something that I should do but I never could and now I can because the my fury <laughs> at the way in which gender relations often transpire and my like passion about this forthcoming 
upcoming project have all just sort of coupled with me being like, yes. And I just, I feel free. I feel liberated. I'm so excited. So excited to Are walk you, out the door. Can I but, ask you a question? Are you still squeezing yes. your squeezes? Um, I have one squeeze that I'm keeping. I'm okay. keeping the Boston squeeze. Um, our relationship is very flexible. You know, it's, yeah. um, it's friendly and loving and he is gentle and soft and kind and I'm not getting him out of and my understanding. heart. And understanding. And absolutely yeah. understanding. Yeah. yeah. So, Yes, this squeezes the squeezes in. Everything else is out. It's out. It's out. And I also said a few weeks ago, I I would never make New Year's resolutions. This is the first one in my life, and I'm just I'm stoked about it. I can't wait to. I I just I already feel myself like caring a little bit less about like what I wear. You know what men might think about me. I'm really excited about interacting men with men without that like cloud of expectation or. tension or whatever of like what if sort of stuff like I'm just getting rid of it like it's gone it's gone I'm not (laughs) I'm not seeking it out I don't want it and I just I'm I feel like I might have so much more emotional energy to to give to the really loving wonderful you know friendships and and family and relationships that I have in my life I just feel so good and so excited about this project and I don't know when the right time to tell you about it is well, when you figure it out, I'm sure you'll let us know. Yeah, I, you know, it's probably going to, it's probably going to, like, be available for public consumption not too far in the future, like in the next month or two. Ooh. Um, yeah, I know. And so I need to, I need to figure out when I'm going to, uh, when it's going to air everybody. Um, so I can tell y'all and you can listen and give me some likes. Um <laughs> And I did, I recently pitched like a, like a broadcasting studio. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. I think, um, yeah, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm taking steps moving into my desire to be an expert in spaces <laughs> other than this one. It's going to be really, really fun. So Good. I hope, I hope some of y'all join me, but if you don't, that's cool because I understand. I'm sure you'll I can, have followers. I can be a little obnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> well, can't we all? I'm excited. I think um, I'm excited for you to just start to follow your passion and, and like, I don't know, have new ventures and stuff. Because I feel like you've you've dabbled in other things like, oh, the perfect follow. And oh, I want to do this. But now I feel like you've kind of found what you what you're really passionate about and what you want to oh, do. I and you're found it. Taking action. <laughs> yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. So. Um, let me think. Anything new from me? Um, any updates? I'm still a mom. Uh, Stella Bella's amazing. (laughs) She, um, she, uh, so she is in that between six to seven months phase. And if any new moms are listening to this and you haven't reached six months yet, um, I just have to say, get to six months and it all changes. <laughs> um, so, so so here's the thing. Some people would tell me, like, I'm like, when does this get better? And everybody would say six months and I'd be like, I have to wait that long. Like, it just, it seems crazy to have to wait that long. And you can't really, like, it's like, well, but six months are still babies and you're still, like, pretty much breastfeeding all the time. And, um, but no, it's actually like six months they go through some amazing mental changes and... I really, it just, it's, there's a whole different feeling about, about it now. Like she can be awake, um, 
and I know she's going to be fine. And I can now she's been going to down. Like I can actually put her down when she's awake and she will fall asleep, which I tell you what, that changes your life entirely. Like I don't have to do anything to help her get to sleep. She now knows like how to go to sleep. And um, it's really cool. It's just been cool to kind of see her work through the world. We've been doing solids um, and that's been awesome. I think a lot of learning happens when they when they eat. Um, because obviously food's a big motivator in life. And so they are, they're very quick to respond to your interactions around food. So she learns words really quick. She knows her name. Um, but she, like, I've been sign languaging with her about, you know, like, what is it, like, what is more and what is drink and what is, what is eat and stuff like that. So, um, it's been really cool. And it's finally started to get to the point where I'm like, this is awesome. Um, not to say that I wasn't excited about her before, but it is, you know, y'all know, it was very hard and it was hard to get through and to, you know, I was just literally taking it day by day. Um, and now it, now the days are flying by, <laughs> um, which is bittersweet, you know? It's like, I don't have to get up in the morning and think, oh, I just have to get through this day. Um, it's literally like, oh, we are, it's already Christmas and it's 2018. Like, I, you know, it's just like, what just happened? Um, but it's cool. It's great. And, um... Uh, yeah, I'm going to be exploring more about solids and baby nutrition and all that stuff. And I'm sure I can share more about that um, because first foods and baby led weaning and all that stuff. There's a lot in there. Um, and hopefully I can talk more about that. Um, maybe even, you know, we can bring some people on to talk about that. But because that's a huge thing. Kid, you know, child and kid nutrition. And I think for a lot of moms and a lot of women in general, it's very hard to think about transitioning your kid over to you know eating a specific way especially if you're trying to make changes yourself um and that whole thing can get really complicated so hopefully we can unpack that more um okay so are you have your your secret stuff um anything with paleo (laughs) anything with paleo for women not currently okay uh we have some big news prep dish many of you uh og listeners will know that prep dish was one of our first sponsors they're our favorite one of our favorite brands in the whole world. Uh, but they're back. They're back to support the show, and we're really excited. Allison is still the brains behind Prep Dish. She has been... People absolutely love Prep Dish, and she's actually been... I've been listening to a lot of small business... Po- I listen to a lot of entrepreneurial and business-associated podcasts, business marketing, that sort of thing. And she's been on a lot of podcasts, and I'm like, I know, Allison. This is very cool, um, because she's created an amazing product, and people love it. Um the basics of it is nothing has changed. Um, it's still a fantastic product, but she uh, updates and makes new recipes all the time. Um, so if you're looking, you know, and this is important for, um, you know, now that it's 2018 and we're in full swing here, it's a really great time to start experimenting with new foods and new recipes and planning meals in a way that is easy and fits into your life. Um and so Prep Dish is basically just makes meal planning easy. It's a subscription-based meal planning service. Um, she has paleo and gluten-free options. And when you sign up for Prep Dish, you basically you just receive an email every week. It's got your grocery list. It's got instructions for prepping your meals. And then it's got all the recipes. Um, so really, you just take a day, maybe on the weekend, and it's usually around one to three hours of prepping. So you prep a lot of your stuff. You prep a lot, like in terms of like cutting up this or throwing together this salad. Um, after you spend that small amount of time prepping your meals, you basically have all your meals ready for the entire week. So um, 
you know, if you have a full-time job or you're balancing multiple kids and school and all different schedules, this is the way to go because then you basically have it so that when it comes to dinner time, you just are kind of finishing your meals, whether that's like, you know, throwing this, the meat in the oven or sauteing this. It's just very simple and very easy and everything's pretty much already all planned out and you know what you're doing. Um, personally, I love prep dish because it, it is all prepped out and her... Um, hence the name and her 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 recipes are so easy they are really really good and they are so easy like it's like a sentence whereas sometimes with these like um you know meal like delivery services they can get a little complicated there's a lot of steps there's a lot of ingredients with her she makes it she intentionally makes it really easy but she also there's, there's also so much variety and i've learned a lot of new techniques and a lot of things that i actually incorporated into the recipes for the book for our book was stuff that i had experimented with with her like making my own dressing like making parsnip and carrot fries like that sort of thing so um i love that i'm able to go to the grocery store get the foods that i want i know what i have in in the in the you know refrigerator i can get extra stuff and then i just prep things and it's pretty much good to go for the week so special offer for our community allison's offering two weeks of free meal plans so you basically have nothing to lose you just get your two weeks free and you test it out and you can get you get both the paleo and the gluten-free options um so to get that to sign up you just go to prepdish.com slash well-fed prepdish.com slash well-fed you can sign up right there the cost will be zeroed out and you get your two weeks for free so uh, that website will be, the link will be in the show notes. But again, you just can type into your browser, prepdish.com slash wellfed. We're very excited to have them again. Okay, you ready for questions? Yes. If you dread shipping packages because of the long lines and increasing prices, you are not alone. Over the past few years, shipping has become more and more expensive, and this year, fees have gone up. It's why I've shifted to shipping all of my packages from home using Pitney Bowes Shipping Solutions. Pitney Bowes has a number of different shipping solutions to fit a variety of needs, and best of all, you get access to their discounts that aren't available at the post office. Well, it seems like there must be a lot involved it's actually super easy to ship packages with Pitney Bows. If you have a package to ship, you simply weigh the package using the free scale from Pitney Bows, open your browser, type in the address to where the package is going, and pick the option that's the most affordable and fits your needs. The package can then be picked up and it's on its way. I now do this for all personal packages and mail, especially for all the packages I ship for my business, because it saves me a ton of money. For our listeners, Pitney Bowes is offering a free trial so you can test it out and find the solution that's right for you. Plans start at just $5 a month, and once you sign up, you've got the rate for life. Visit pb.com slash well to learn more and try it for free. Again, that's pb.com slash well. And check the show notes for more details. Yay! Question number one is from Emily. Hello, ladies. I'm so glad you two are keeping this podcast thing going. It was one of my the first podcasts I started listening to on my journey of food and body awareness a couple years ago, and it is still my favorite. My first question is about being a highly sensitive person. Stephanie, I think you've spoken of this briefly a couple times, specifically in regards to being sensitive to light and noise. I would be grateful if you could talk more about this in depth and how you navigate it so it doesn't completely impede with the life you want to live. 
I'm new to the concept. I've always defined myself as an empath and an introvert, but never felt like these qualities were a detriment. In the past, very difficult year, however, these qualities have skyrocketed, leading to a degree of anxiety I thought I'd overcome and gotten in the way of living a full life. Now that I've become aware of this, I'm also realizing I've always been sensitive to sound a little to light, mostly in situations where I don't have control, like loud music nearby at night, which keeps me from sleeping, a recipe for instant anxiety and possible panic attacks. My qu- second question is, do you guys have any, any do you guys have any suggestions for foods that quells anxiety? In the past, I've used binging on foods that make me feel like crap as a coping mechanism and I am trying to reconfigure my habits. Sometimes I'll be very anxious and very hungry at the same time and I feel like eating will benefit my anxiety but I have no idea what to eat calmly that will calm both my body and my mind. Some whole food balance with fat and protein and non-processed carbs makes sense but any specific ideas? Thanks for all you do and your continued hard work. Emily, I'm so excited about this question. I can't wait to talk about this. Um, This is, these are such important ideas. And I feel like we don't talk about them enough. As a culture, um, I'm really sorry, you know, that you struggle with anxiety. And I'm sorry that you, you know, struggle with being sensitive. The things that you talk about are just feel so true to me. You know, Um, the sensitivity to things, and especially when I don't have control over them, it's huge, right? So loud music is bad. It's so bad. Like at any time, you know, if I'm, sometimes I can handle it, you know, but most of the time, if I'm not in control of it, it just, it, it wrecks me, but I can go to a salsa club, you know, and hear like really loud salsa music for 10 hours, but I'm fine. Right. And that's in large part because I choose to be there. And I think that that's a really interesting thing, you know, that's important for people like us to meditate on is like, okay, definitely control is a part of the issue here, you know? Um, And I think many people would tell us that we need to work on letting go of control, but I would say, you know, we can find ways to establish control in our own environment. Um, Definitely the most important thing that I have introduced to my life in the last 10 years is brown noise. we have talked about this on the podcast before, I think. Um, we have, but I don't, what do you mean? Like, do you, like, it's part of your every day? Like, what? I mean, I listen, I have an hour long recording of brown noise on my phone and it probably, it plays, um, you know, 16 hours of my life uh, every day of my daily life. Um, wow. So, well, so I listen to it when I go to sleep. Um, yeah. It has, yeah. it has become very powerful for me when I go to sleep. Um, and I also often listen to it when I work. It helps me concentrate. It blocks out the noise of people at cafes, at libraries, um, wherever I'm trying to study. I can be in very public spaces. And I just, I put in my white, my, it's brown noise and I'm out. And I say brown noise because um, brown noise is a lower frequency than white noise. White noise actually makes me a little bit anxious. It's like, it's just hard. But brown noise has like a deep sound to it. Um I listen, the one that I listened to, I got on Amazon. It's called Brown Noise for Sleep. Literally just put that into the search bar. Um, and it should come up on Amazon um, or anywhere. There were a ton of uh, documents like this, and I just loop it. Uh, this has been so important for me. The other night, you know, I was staying at this, 
I was staying at this co-living space in Haight-Ashbury in San Francisco, and I hadn't known what Haight-Ashbury was. And for other people who don't, it's like the super hippie place in San Francisco. And there was this like rock concert in the building I was living in. I was like, I have no control over this. You know, I was like really tired and excited to come home and sleep. And I asked somebody in the hallway, like, do you know when this is going to end? She was like, I don't know, two. I was like, great. Um, And I went in my room and the music was really loud. And I was like, this sucks. But what I did, ordinarily, that would have been, it's such like, you're right. It's such a recipe for a panic attack because I need what my body needs is is to be quiet and to be calm and to feel safe and control is safety, right? And mm-hmm. to be able to create my own audio environment has been huge. So mm-hmm. I put on, um, I wanted to watch TV before I went to bed. So what I did was I put in headphones and plugged them into my computer and watch TV. And then I took a pair of Bose noise canceling headphones, which are good, but not necessary for managing this sort of thing. And put my brown noise on those and put them over my normal headphones. And then I was assured that I was never going to hear the anxiety inducing carelessness and lack of consideration of the people having a rock concert in my building, which is a big part of the anxiety for me, right? Like the people who are impinging on my life. Um, And I was I was fine. I was okay. And I slept and it was the sound, the brown noise, the frequency range, because it's so big, it cancels out a lot of the sounds around you. Like you'll be able to not hear anything. Um, So I just, I can't, I know that I'm just talking about this one solution a lot, but it's been so important for me. Um, You can try all the like meditating and accepting other people's sounds as you want, but that never did it for me. It just did it. Um, So I recommend this and then lights, you know, I carry a hat and sunglasses with me most places I go. Um, and when I move to a new place, I always bring, I always uh, make sure there is, or I bring my own curtains that I can block out the light and just be safe and quiet. And if not quiet, you know, I have my brown noise and dark. And to have those places to retreat to is enormously important. Um, something you you can do, and I know we've talked. I've been talking about this a lot, but you might also want to consider taking some magnesium threonate. Um, this has helped my sensitivity to light and sound just enormously, like enormously. There were points in my life when I couldn't leave the house without wearing both sunglasses and a hat. You know, like um, I couldn't look at computer screens. Like I, it was so hard without getting migraines and without feeling anxious and, and losing sleep and all of that stuff. And since taking the magnesium three and eight, you know, I went to an outdoor mall with my mother the other day and walked around in the bright sky and I was just fine, you know, just fine. And it's just the, the piece that I've discovered has been uh, remarkable. I still definitely listen to my brown noise all the time. Um, I do think working through anxiety, yes, will be really, really helpful for this, of course, Um and I think tackling that on both physiological and psychological levels is important. So, you know, seeing a therapist, doing some journaling, trying to dig really deep at, you know, whatever control issues you might have, um, all that sort of stuff could be really important. Um, and yeah, the food stuff I mentioned in our last podcast, uh, good high quality proteins. I wouldn't overdo it on protein. 
Um, I think oh, too much protein can dehydrate you, and I think it can also offset neurotransmitter imbalance. So I would shoot for maybe around 75 grams of protein a day, not more than that. Shift them to breakfast and lunch and actually like not eat them at dinner. Um, any kind of proteins are fine. Animal proteins, um, plant proteins I'm cool with too. You know, beans and rice if you want, that's fine. Um, yeah, carbs, carbs are good. I totally understand your desire to eat your anxiety away. I have done that, you know, how many days have there been in my life? You know, um, I've, I've done that. I've done that a lot. Um, I think really learning to sit with anxiety and identify where it's coming from is huge and helpful. You know, just sort of like let it be in you. When you see where it's coming from, it can sort of help give you some control over it. Um, if you need to eat, like, you know, feel free. My favorite, my favorite things to sort of go to when I'm feeling like this, um, or maybe like some kimchi or, um, cooked vegetables, um, berries. I really like to chew on some berries, some lower glycemic fruits. Um, fruits and veggies are really my favorite, like nervous eating food because I get to keep chewing without like like really throwing off my meal timing and that sort of stuff um, because I'm not binging on unhealthy foods, you know, that will throw off my appetite. If I eat sugar, as I am sometimes tempted to do to, when I don't sleep or have anxiety, like it, it does eventually make me worse. Um, and so I think definitely like fruits and veggies, um, steer clear of uh, liver in high doses when you're anxious, uh, high B vitamin foods, B vitamin supplements, um, can, you know, upregulate you in a way that can make you feel anxious. Um, but really anything on the gamut of uh, whole food, so long as it's not soy sauce or from a store that has mysterious ingredients in it, um, I think should be okay to eat when you have anxiety. Yeah, I think, <laughs> sorry, breastfeeding my kiddo is like, good. she's like, hey, what's this big microphone and has no interest in actually feeding. So... Um, yeah, nope, nope, look away. So, <laughs> um, I would say, you know, I don't know the details of, you know, what happened and, and, you know, what led to the anxiety and all that stuff, but I will say that being a highly sensitive person is all about, you know, like Stephanie was just kind of saying, is planning and making sure that you do have time away and time to yourself and you have ways of, of managing things that you cannot control. And I don't know, you know, when it, I, I'm definitely, I feel like I'm an ambivert, but I'm, I'm more of like an introverted extrovert where I don't really like to be um, out and about all that much. Like I'd, I'd much rather just be at home and I'm very much so recharged by being at home. And it, it's a way, like I spent, um, you know, some effort and time trying to enjoy going out to big events and going out to whatever restaurants and bars and mingling and eventually just came to the realization it's just not me you know it's not how I'm energized I don't enjoy it I don't really enjoy how I feel I don't like I just there's things that I have to do to do to protect my health I know that if I don't get sleep I I'm more sensitive I'm I become I'm you know more sensitive to anxiety and stuff like that and so you know, the way I have managed my life now, it just, I guess it's, 
now it's a lot easier too because I have a kid. So it's you know I'm like oh I can't come or oh I gotta go home. But um you know I I have to live my life in a way that allows me to manage my anxiety and manage uh, my health better and my mental and my emotional space. And so um it it can get pretty you know I I live with a married to pretty extroverted individual. He does love to be at home. We both, you know, are pretty much one and the same. However, he really loves to do these, like, coffee dates and, you know, meet here and meet, the, like, oh, well, this person wants to do lunch and this person wants to do coffee. And so sometimes on his days off, he's like, hey, you know, I set up to go meet coffee with this person and then we can do lunch with this person. And then I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I, <laughs> you know, like, I, uh, let's, like, we can maybe plan for one thing a week, but, um, so I, I, you know, I say, oh, you can go and I'm going to stay. So, you know, there's sometimes I bow out of things just because I know that I have a limit. And um, especially now when I'm, you know, tired I, and there's things that I need, things that I need to do for my mental and my emotional health um, to be able to stay emotionally and mentally healthy with, with anxiety. Uh, food wise, just going to put it out there when I was, I'm not sure what your diet is, but when I was vegetarian, I had much more. My anxiety was um, much more prominent, and I do believe in in uh, grass-fed red meats and fat-soluble vitamins. I think they can make a huge, huge difference. So that's maybe something to consider. Uh, pasture-raised eggs, grass-fed meats, um, maybe taking an extra virgin cod liver oil. Make sure you're getting a lot of fat-soluble vitamins, omega-3s, etc. Um, okay, question number two is from Megan. Hi, Noel and Stephanie. I really enjoy your podcast. Thanks for all the great info. It seems like the questions that you ladies address have to do with solving a specific issue that someone is experiencing. While that is great, I'm wondering if you might spend some time talking about how to get started on living a healthier lifestyle if someone is starting from scratch. Let's say tomorrow. I have no current health issues, but I'd like to start trending more towards a less processed paleo lifestyle. How would you recommend I start at a very basic level? What do people eating paleo generally eat in a day? (laughs) Uh, this is this is going to be a great question. This is like State of the Union. Like, where are we at uh, with the podcast and what do we believe? Um, would you consider maybe sharing sometimes what you ate in a day? What are some supplements you recommend? I'm overwhelmed with the growing list of things that I should be eating and taking. Fermented foods, cod liver oil, grass-fed meats, all the veggies, kombucha, magnesium, collagen, vitamins, A, D, E, and K, etc. Just seems like a lot and I don't know where to start. Any help would be greatly appreciated. Where would you start, Stephanie? I think this is great. I'm probably, I'm going to share, if you don't mind, uh, the way that I've eaten at a few different points throughout times at which I have identified loosely or strictly as paleo. Yeah. It's just sort of like demonstrate what the, you know, what a huge range of possibility there is. Um, You know, so I started out back in the day, back in the day, paleo was like low carb. Um, It was like a pretty masculine world you know it was all about fitness and losing weight um and so i ate like vegetables and fish out of a can and almonds (laughs) for a while when i first started and then um i traveled some and in taiwan I, i ate a lot of street food you know um and then when i landed yeah i ate mostly vegetables and like frozen vegetables and whatever affordable meat products i could find you know ground beef a lot um and then i realized that i had been cutting carbs 
carbs and butter out of my diet. And that was a huge mistake, huge mistake for me anyway. Um, and so then I threw in fruit and then I threw in a lot of fruit. And then I was eating like pretty much all fruit plus like my necessary organ meats and protein needs. You know, literally, I just I switched to such a high carb diet, an enormously high carb diet, but it was still entirely paleo. And I still was like, you know, again, meeting a lot of those nutritional needs. I was getting my omega-3s from some fish. I was getting uh, B vitamins and A and D and stuff from some liver. Like I was I was getting it in, but I was very fruit heavy at the time. Um, and I just I had <laughs> at the time it was important to me to maintain a certain uh figure. And I had discovered that fruit was easier for me to maintain weight on than uh, starches. And so I was eating mostly fruit. Um, And then as I I managed to move more towards accepting my body, you know, and less towards wanting, needing it to be a certain way, um, I added in more non-fruit carbs. You know, I threw in a little bit of hummus. Uh, I started experimenting with like beans and lentils and that sort of thing. And then like bread crept in because my whole life, I mean, I I never really had gut problems and cutting out bread never solved any of my issues. So I started like touring around with some wheat stuff here and there. And I was like, okay, that was fine. And then I became like very loosely paleo. Um, and I would say, you know, for me, paleo has always meant like taking an evolutionary approach to thinking about what humans like function best on right like what are our bodies built for for me it doesn't mean like setting up a list of foods but it means thinking in a particular methodology um and so that has meant that it's changed a lot throughout time these days i'm actually eating like probably more like noelle or noelle used to before she just like ate all bars and snacks (laughs) um So I'm eating like a little bit more classically, like what you would consider to be like a classic paleo meal, like a meal plan that you would find in one of, um, in our forthcoming book, for example, like I'm eating more like that. So I wake up in the morning and I have like avocado and eggs and veggies, you know, um, and ground beef and veggies and, um, some potato for lunch, you know, and then dinner time, um, well, I don't know. I eat like before bed. You know, normally I don't, I often don't eat in really good square meals because I'm just out working all day. But um, when I get home, then I'll have like oatmeal. Um, and I've been having peanut butter and jelly oatmeal a lot recently. And in fact, I've uh, of late fallen into a habit when I'm working really hard of just carrying jars of peanut butter and jelly around with me. And then I eat them like with a spoon or chopsticks. <laughs> like that's just like, like fine. You know, it's fine. Um, so where I would start as a beginner would be focusing on inclusion as opposed to exclusion. You know, if you have a specific health issue that you need to address, I think like being really good about doing an elimination diet for a month, which is another thing Noelle and I discuss in our forthcoming book, um, is probably a really good idea. You know, it's a good idea to sort of start with that. This is, you know, a lot of people do this. This is the whole 30 kind of, right? Like the idea behind it. Eliminate stuff and then add stuff back in. Um, If you're not really like struggling with anything, you feel like you would like to like really figure out right now, then you can ease into it. And again, focus on including fruits and veggies and starting to buy grass-fed meats. Um, I would definitely 
Um, I personally am eating right now protein in my morning meal and my lunch meal and not in the evening um, because it's been helpful for my sleep. But most people eat protein in the evenings and they're fine. Um, I like three meals a day. Some people like two. I think four is great. Uh, snacking, if you want, is like cool. You know, I'm, I'm not against it. Um, include some fatty fish once a week. Try and make sure it's wild caught. Uh, maybe a serving of organ meats once a week. Uh, eggs daily, I think, is actually really good, especially pasteurized eggs. They're just powerhouse, you know, nutrition sources. Um, coconut oil, olive oil, avocados, like these are all good plant sources of fat, butter, and ghee. You know, like I really, I know that a lot of people like to give out really specific plans and say, here's your bullet, your silver bullet, here's your solution. And I just, I refrain from doing that because people are so different and have such different needs. So hopefully we can just provide you with like a lot of different ideas. Um, and you can slowly, you know, figure out what works for you. Yeah, I, um, I have a very, obviously a very similar story. I think in the beginning it was, gosh, what's that little meme? It's like, you know, meats, veggies, nuts you know little only a little starch or something like it was just like basically i had somebody write down on a piece of paper what it meant to eat paleo and it was like eat meats and vegetables and some nuts and no fruit maybe a berry or two um and definitely no starch and so it was sort of like this very restrictive diet that kind of was like, you know, obviously no carbohydrate, but definitely, you know, no grains, no dairy, no soy, uh, no fruit, no no starchy stuff. It's only if you're, you know, working out a ton, which then meant you really had to work out a ton if you actually wanted to eat a sweet potato or anything like that. So it was a little overwhelming and it, it can be very overwhelming if you are, if you have just kind of a normal standard diet and then you're like I have to remove all of these things like how does that and then you know we have this other back end thing where it's like well it's not enough just to remove everything you also should be adding in you know a b c d e f and g and yeah it's it's a lot and so what I um recommend for people just starting out is just to focus on a couple things and or just the first meal like the first meal of the day. So just focusing on breakfast. Like how can you make that more, um, you know, whole food based, more paleo-ish uh, based, you know, focusing on, uh, like we said, eggs are amazing. So, you know, maybe eating some, some eggs, some high quality eggs and throwing in maybe some vegetables or maybe you, you know, there's some recipes in the book that are all about, you know, being able to cook some food on Sunday and then section it out throughout the week. But maybe you roast some vegetables or maybe you make a coconut milk smoothie or something like that. And you have those foods in the morning for breakfast. And then you kind of, you know, adapt to that over the course of a week or two. And then you start to focus on swapping out some snacks. So if you've been snacking on, you know, crackers and peanut butter, maybe you start to use, you know, you swap in some Simple Mills crackers and or, you know, like a, a bar, like live in the bar life, you know, you, you swap out a bar, uh, like an epic bar, uh, something like that. And you just kind of or maybe a handful of nuts or maybe a handful of nuts with some dried fruit and dark chocolate chips or something like that. And so that's what you swap out for your 
um, your snacks and then maybe you start to work on dinner and really, you know, planning your meals and maybe something like like prep dish or something like that to get you started so that you you have some sort of help with your planning. I think that that's how I would I recommend most people to move towards transitioning out foods because it can get so overwhelming and so many people look at me and say, you know, gosh, it's going to take me forever to get there or I never could eat that way or, you know, how do you do this? It's just it just wouldn't work for me. And I'm like, well, it's it's not like this happened for me overnight. This is something you know, my way of existing, the resources that I, you know, the brands that I go to, the meals that I cook, how I interact with food has been developed over the course of the past 10 years, you know? And so, and this is now how I exist. Um, I think people perceive that it's so much harder to eat this way and it takes so much more effort. And as with anything, it doesn't. I just eat food, you know, I eat food uh, that I want to eat and I eat food that's good and I make recipes and it's a, it's a way of life and it doesn't take any more, any less time than it does to eat another way. I'm, you know, it, it takes some, it is going to take some effort in the beginning if it's not a way of eating that you're used to. But, you know, you find your quick meals, you find your meals that you can cook in bulk and you can make for, you know, lots of meals in the future. You even find the places, the restaurants you can go and or the quick, you know, heat, heat and go kind of meals that you can go to when you have no time. Um, and it doesn't, it's, it doesn't take you any more time than than what you're taking now. It's just getting over that unfamiliarity kind of hump. And so, yeah, I know it's a lot. Um, I would just work on improving, yeah, like Stephanie said, inclusion, in, including in some great, you know, nutrient-dense foods for breakfast and snacks. Then working on, you know, your dinners and, and maybe working on meal prepping and or just trying some new recipes and getting accustomed to new stuff. And then, you know, after that, um, saying maybe I should take it up a notch. Maybe I should just buy this, you know, sauerkraut from Whole Foods or whatever, raw sauerkraut, and and add that to my breakfast. And, you know, how am I doing on the quality of my food? Am I eating lots of pasture-raised eggs and, and grass-fed meats? Um, am I eating high-quality salmon? If not, you know, regularly, maybe I should add in a, a cod liver oil. Um, maybe I should be taking natural calm at night to help a little bit. So it's just, it's just these tiny little, like, that's not going to make the biggest difference. I would focus on, you know, making those big shifts and then... As you get adapted to that, you can you can kind of work on little tweaks. And again, working with a nutritional therapy practitioner is super helpful. I do have a coaching group for that, but um, which I'll link to in the show notes. But if, if that's something that you're interested in and you need accountability. But you can definitely get a lot from our podcast and, and all the things that we talk about. Don't get overwhelmed with all of the things that we say simply because we're speaking to a specific group of people. We're speaking to people who are have issues you know they have specific issues so if i'm talking you know i'm talking to somebody who i have this gut issue or i have this thyroid issue or i you know i have you know this i have keratitis pilaris i have acne we're we're kind of we're taking you know when we give recommendations those are like i guess i would call them like higher level tweaks and a lot of people don't need those you know just just focusing on foundational changes does a lot um, and that's where you're going to get the most bang for your buck. And I wish that, you know, our book was out so we could recommend that to you. But it is, you know, we really focus on the big changes. What are those big changes that make that'll 
that'll like change your life the most and have the most significant impact. And then we say, okay, you know, let's talk about the rest of your life and living the rest of your life and how you take this information that you got and can can live the rest of your life and, and um, you know, integrate healthful foods and focus on quality and, and mindset and all that stuff um, thereafter. So, yeah, hopefully that helps. I feel like it helps. sometimes it's just a lot of rambles. If the thought of meal planning is completely overwhelming to you, PrepDish is everything you need and more. PrepDish is a subscription-based meal planning service with both paleo and gluten-free options. When you sign up for PrepDish, you'll receive an email every week with a grocery list and instructions for prepping your meals ahead of time. After only one to three hours of prepping on the weekend, you'll have all of your meals ready for the entire week. This is especially helpful for folks who work full-time or are balancing multiple kids and school and many different schedules. As a special offer for our community, Allison, the founder of PrepDish, is offering two weeks of free meal plans, which basically means you have nothing to lose. To get your two weeks for free, go to PrepDish.com slash wellfed. You can sign up right there. The cost will be zeroed out and you'll get your two weeks of free meal plans. Again, that's PrepDish.com slash wellfed and we will link to it in the show notes. Okay, question number three is from Hannah. Hi, Stephanie Noel of your podcast. I'll cut straight to my question. Are body weight and body fat percentage fluctuations a bad thing? A little background. I was talking to a friend who mentioned that it's really important for health to stay around, for health to stay around the same weight. This alarmed me since my body fluctuates a lot. Basically, during more stressful times, such as when I've been unemployed or had a baby not sleeping and working full time, I sleep less, eat more, and often stop working out. During these times, which I which can last months, I put on weight and body fat. When I'm less stressed, I also focus more on things that generally make me feel awesome, i.e. sleeping a lot and in the last few years eating more nutrient-dense foods. If a low stress period lasts for more than a few months, I usually get really into working out or playing sports which is when I assume most of the weight loss happens. So is working out a lot when I'm not stressed going to kill me? Should I try much harder to maintain my weight when I'm not, when I'm into working out? What about maintaining body fat? She has, she does say that she's looked a little bit into this. She's married with two kids, never lost her period, some high blood pressure, usually when I'm more stressed, otherwise pretty healthy, no food restrictions. I did a whole 33 years ago. Wanted to eat my arm for the whole month, but did convince me not to eat as much gluten and eat more nutrient-dense foods. She does have some research um, that she linked to about energy homeostasis and the effects of weight cycling. So what do you think, Steffi? I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I don't I don't think they're bad. I I think sleeping less and eating less than awesome food and being sedentary is bad. And those things contribute to waking, you know, they're a part of gaining weight and being stressed out and unhappy, you know, like all of these things are not necessarily ideal. Um, and so I would, I would, I would, I think it's cool that you like understand you have this kind of rhythm, and you're just like going with it. And like, to be honest with you, if that's how you feel the most chill in your life, fine, great, I'm all about it. Like, if that's what gives you mental stability, it's great. I don't think that 
um, this is going to like give you, you know, heart disease or cancer or some sort of, you know what I mean? Illness, some sort of issue. Um, but I like the weight fluctuation in and of itself, you know, 20 pounds here or there is a natural part of metabolism. But again, to reiterate, um, I think it's worth working on because being able to find ways to process stress that helps support you and make your body healthier, I think could, you know, be really good for you and maybe actually help you manage the stress and feel a little bit better emotionally at all of the times. And so I would focus on, you know, and maybe work with a therapist or just a friend that you trust to make a plan for when these, you know, stressful periods happen, for when you're not sleeping, um, for when work is really tough, uh, for when you're, you know, nursing or have a newborn, um, all of these periods, yeah, they've got their challenges. But um, if you can establish routines, for example, um, you know, batch cooking your meals once a week um, or twice a week, you know, cooking ahead of time, um, finding easier ways to shop. Um, these things, you know, getting food delivered. If you live in a city, that's a thing now, you know, getting your groceries <laughs> delivered. Um, do you do that? Well, no. When I live in co-living spaces, the house uh, together does that. Got you it. You know, it gets huge shipments oh, of food. But not, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just super convenient. But when I'm living alone, that doesn't happen. So, yeah. Um, so those are, you know, those are some things. Perhaps you could find ways of moving that feel good for you when you're down. You know, maybe yoga would be really nice or um, going for some walks. Or maybe you, like, want to get really angry and, like, hit a punching bag for a while, you know. Like, seriously, you know, yeah. find ways yeah. of moving that are emotionally supportive for you. You know, there's a huge range of, like, emotional tones for how you're feeling. I always recommend dancing. You know, you can express a lot when you dance. Um and I know that sleep is really hard, but, you know, just do what you can. And to be honest with you, I think, like, fixing that or working with those, you know, sorts of things is uh, is better for your health in the long run than fretting over a weight that comes on and off your body. Mm. I would have to agree. I think that it does not, it's not, quote unquote, bad for your health. I think the worst thing for your health is stress. And if you're stressing out over your weight fluctuations, we're just negating the whole thing and, and creating a more um, not so healthy situation. I, I honestly, I think fluctuations are a part of life. And I think that it's diet culture is all about, you know, oh, we can't fluctuate and we should be staying at the same weight. And that's, that's the, you know, things can't change. Um, bodies change because life changes. We move through life and things change and that's how the world works. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. If, if you're more stressed out, yeah, your body's going to respond differently. You're not going to be able to, to take care of yourself in the same way. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't change your behaviors and start taking your care of yourself during non-stressful times. I love Stephanie's suggestion of, looking for things you know ha having a plan for when those times come like you know i have gone through a really stressful period and sure enough i have done the grocery delivery and it was like 15 bucks and it was hard a hard pill to swallow but i did not have it in me nor did i have the time or the space to jump in the car to take the kid all the way up to the store to get out like we just it was it was so thinking about it was just like overwhelming so I had somebody go do the shopping and deliver it, and it was awesome. 
And, you know, I've only done that once or twice, but it's been great. And so you just have to have these resources, these tools that you don't use regularly, but that can make a very stressful day manageable. And maybe you have a nanny or somebody that you can call that can come to the house for five hours that can allow you to take a nap or allow you to get A, B, and C done so that you cannot feel like you're drowning. And so, yes, create this, these resources. Um, and no, don't stress over fluctuations that are natural that happen to everybody. We should not be fighting fluctuations and fighting change because, you know, we're just doing the best we can. And when stress happens, stress is going to happen to everybody. And that stress is no, it's it's not great for us. You know, it's it's not chronic stress isn't great for the body, but we do the best that we can. And I think that maybe some of the the assumptions here is dieting like yo-yo dieting is not healthy. Um, it's not a healthful behavior and it's not great for your health in general going on a diet, restricting, gaining the weight back, going on a diet, restricting, gaining the weight back. Um, there has been some science about that. So there, that might be where that assumption, where that belief has started. And that might be why some people say, oh, it's not healthy. You know, some nutrition folks would say, oh, it's not healthy to, to fluctuate. Um, but I think it's, it's not helpful <laughs> to make people feel stressed, stress people out about their fluctuations when they're stressed. It's very normal. And I, um, this is why, you know, I don't recommend people constantly weighing themselves. It's just, it's, it's just not a helpful, you know, it's not a helpful behavior, but, uh, to weigh yourself regularly like that because, bodies fluctuate even from day to day you know depending on where you're at in your cycle five to ten pounds could could you could fluctuate so um, as long as you are doing your best to take care of yourself and to absolutely take care of yourself in these down times don't take any additional action don't stress yourself out anymore trying to not fluctuate um, or not pursue health or not pursue you know working out all of things during these non-stressful times to make sure that you don't you know lose a certain amount of weight um, I think that's very natural that's your body's response to stress and of course I want you to work on you know we we want our our community to work on reducing stress at all possible but it happens and you can't beat yourself up about it and you got to give yourself grace and move through it um in the best way that you can so because that's life yo you just <laughs> sometimes it's gonna suck and you gotta you gotta move through the suck um and so yeah that's you know not that's definitely hopefully not going to be the quote image for this podcast but um because it's not very you know scientific but i just i'm pretty you know after this whole situation with my child and being sleep deprived and struggling more with anxiety and stress like a lot of things went to the wayside and a lot of things happened that i never thought would happen in terms of like how i managed my life and you know so at some points it's just like you just you got to take put one foot in front of the other and and get through it and i would never judge anybody for any decisions that they make in order to help them get through high stress times, you know? So, Grace. Grace. Okay, that's it. Anything from you? Nope. Okay. So, send us questions, wellfedwomen at gmail. 
www.coconutsandkettlebells.com. For more from me, go to coconutsandkettlebells.com. For more from Stephanie, go to paleoforwomen.com. And you can follow us on Instagram. We do ask questions there. Uh, we are at WellFedWomen. Make sure to leave us a review. It's super easy to do it now in Apple Podcasts. And you can leave a comment and let us know what you think. We would love to hear from you. We will talk to you next week. <laughs>